0: Isaiah chapter 2, and the key verse is going to be verse 7, but we're going to pick up just at the very beginning of Isaiah chapter 2. Let's read. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amoz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. Isaiah chapter 2. Verse two, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and that and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it, and many shall go. And shall say, Come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the Lord God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. We shall be taught of the Lord. Your children shall be taught of the Lord. Does the scripture not say that? And thy children shall be taught of the Lord. We should be taught of the Lord and let the Lord teach us. And in another place, uh, Paul was rebuking the church, and he said, You have not so learned Christ because we, because they had misplaced and misused the word that they had been taught. They have forgotten what they were, should have known about Christ. Let us not forget what we already know, but let us press on. Press on forward to more mature things in Christ and to understanding the things in the Word of God. Let God teach you during these days. Let God show you what His Word means. Get into the Word for yourself. Amen? You do have a pastor, yes. I'm getting some looks. <laughs> you have a pastor, and your pastor, yes, is to help to instruct you and, to, and help keep you on the right path. There are things and lots of teachings out there. There are devotionals that have come across uh, the, the airwaves that are not of God. Not everything that says it's Christian is Christian. We get a lot of books and materials that are sent to us or given to us, and, and not everything that says it's Christian is Christian. Watch what happens. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people, verse 4. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come ye and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Just like in Ephesians chapter 5 eight, we should walk in the light as we are children of the light. Amen. We should not walk in darkness. These days may seem dark, but the sun is shining. Amen? And the Lord Jesus is shining brightly in our lives. Don't feel like you're shut up in the darkness. Don't don't let the devil tell you you're not getting the word out, that you're not doing what he's called you to do. He has called us and given us a Sabbath. You are doing what God has called you to do at this moment. If you are seeking God's face... If you are getting into the word and you're teaching your children and those of your household of the word. If you're getting your house in order, get your house in order. Get your house in order, says the Lord. Get your house in order. Walk as children of the light. Verse 6. Therefore thou hast forsaken thy people, the house of Jacob, because they replenished from the east. And are soothsayers like the Philistines, and they please themselves in the children of strangers. Their land also was full of silver and gold, neither is there any end of their treasures. Their land is also full of horses, neither is there any end of their chariots. Their land is so full of idols, they worship the work of their own hands, that that which their own fingers have made, and the mean Man boweth down that means like the common man humbles himself or bows himself down and the great man humbles himself therefore forgive them not they're not truly humbled in the the sight of the Lord enter into the rock and hide thee in the dust for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty excuse me verse 6 For you have forsaken your people the house of Jacob because they replenish from the east and are soothsayers like the Philistines and they please themselves with the children of strangers their land also is full of silver and gold and there is no treasure no end to their treasures their land is also so full of horses and there is no end of their chariots verse 8 Their land also is full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their fingers have made. And the common man bows down, and the great man humbles himself. There do... Therefore, do not forgive them. Enter into the rock and hide in the dust for the fear of the Lord and from the glory of his majesty. The lofty looks of man shall be humbled and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. For the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon everything that is proud and lofty and upon everything that is lifted up. It shall be brought low and it will be upon the cedars of the Lebanon and that that are high and lifted up, and upon the oaks of Bashan, and upon all the high mountains, and upon all the hills that are lifted up, and upon all the high towers, and upon every fenced wall, and upon all the ships of Tarshish, and upon all the pleasant sloops, slopes. The loftiness of man shall be humbled, and the haughtiness of men shall be brought low. And the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. The idols he shall utterly abolish. They shall go into holes of the rocks and the caves of the earth, and the fear of the Lord, and from the glory of his majesty, when he shall arise to shake The earth mightily. In that day a man shall cast away his idols of silver and his idols of gold, which they made for themselves to worship, to the moles and to the bats, to enter into caverns of the rocks and into the clefts of the cliffs. From the terror of the Lord and from the glory of his majesty, when he arises to shake the earth mightily, cease regarding man whose breath is in his nostrils. For why should he be esteemed or accounted of? All right, so let's go backwards a little bit. So in verse 5, God, the, the scripture says, O house of Jacob, come ye and let us walk in the light of the Lord. And then in verse 6, it starts a new thought. Therefore thou hast forsaken thy people, the house of Jacob, because they be replenished from the east as, and are soothsayers like the Philistines, and they please themselves in the children of strangers. So what happened? It's kind of clear, right? God is calling his people. God is calling his people to come out. He wants you to understand that in the last days, he's going to establish his kingdom. He's in the course of making things and setting things in order right now. Amen? Things are being established. Things are being put, put forth. And people are crying, run over here, look, there's Jesus. Look over here, there's Christ. Well, come over here, we got the best revival. Oh, we just have this, such a good time and everything's going to be okay. Peace, peace, peace. Look up the rest of the scripture, peace, peace. Because of the, the next part of it is sudden destruction. So we need to know what the scripture says about these things. And don't just let people tell you, these, these, these blanket statements that, that soothe your conscience. Your conscience should be stirred. You should be concerned about the things that are going on, on the earth, but you should not fear. Amen? Concern and fear are not the same thing. Am I right? Can I get it? Okay. So you need to understand concern and fear are not the same thing. We should be concerned. We should be on the altar. We should be crying out to the Lord for the lost and the undone. We should be interceding for our nurses, our doctors, and and the people that are sick and and suffering with this disease. But there are more people dying of the flu than they're dying of this other disease. There are more people dying with other diseases every single day, more people dying of car accidents and, and alcohol related things then are dying from this plague. But where are we focused on? Where is our focus? Our focus is where the media wants our focus to be. Amen? As a nation. Our focus should be as a church, as the body of Christ, as a family of God, should be on Jesus. Amen. Our focus should be on what did Jesus say? Back in the day, they had those little braces. What would Jesus do? And it almost became a mockery amongst most of the youth. Well, what would Jesus do? Well, I don't know. I think he'd slap your face, you know. And that's not of God, amen. That's not what it was meant to do. Jesus. I mean, I heard I heard every answer there you could probably think of, and it wasn't always good. Most of the time, it wasn't. But what we need to do is truthfully seek God and truthfully keep His. His word before our faces. We, you know, this is a popular thing to, to go to Dollar Tree and get those little stickers you put on the wall. And when you put it on the wall, you think, oh, this will be great because we'll see it coming in and going out. We'll see it when we sit down to dinner. But what happens is it becomes kind of like a byword. It becomes something that you're not, even, you're not even paying attention to it. It's just kind of over there and it's saying faith, 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 faith. And you hear it so much, or you see it so much, you don't even see it anymore. Amen? It becomes like, like I, um, I was talking to one of the kids the other day. You, do you hear that clock tick, tick, tick? Every, every second it ticks, but do you notice it every second? No. Why not? Because it's become just a background noise because you're used to it. And when you, you have these things around and you, and you just become used to it, you become to take, take it for granted. We should not take the presence of the Lord for granted You should not take your salvation for granted and don't take the word of God for granted. When God speaks something to us, we need to, man, that's like, that's something. There's something about this word that my God has spoken to me. This word is life. God spoke it to me. Amen? You can't take it from me. I'm not going to forget it. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to make it as my screensaver on my phone. I'm going to put it here or there. But don't let it become something in the distance that you don't pay attention to. Keep it before your face. God told them in the Old Testament if they had frontlets, they had the scripture literally written right before their face. They had it wrapped around their hands, right? Right? They had it like like the horses have those little blinders on. They would wear the scripture all around them like that. They had scripture on their doorposts going in, they have scripture going out. But what happens? It becomes commonplace. It becomes, I saw some uh, Catholics in in a truck stop somewhere where we stopped. I can't. No, it wasn't a truck stop. It was at a restaurant, and they they got their food and they came over and they sat down and they sat down to their their food and because they do things um outwardly so you can see it and they sat down and they crossed themselves so fast it was like oh, I was pretty like yeah you know, like that and they were eating before they finished the third point of the cross, and I thought well that's real interesting, right? But I I didn't I didn't I I thought that's that's really sad because. That I didn't do anything for their their food's not gonna be blessed or, you know but anyway beyond that I, I took I took it and I said well what do you do when you sit down how do you give thanks do you are you giving thanks are you standing upon the word are you taking that moment to say Lord I thank you for this food I'm so gracious I I, I man look at this food look how great this is I could be eating you know there are people in the world that are digging grubs out of holes right now to eat. There are people that, that literally they have to flood um, their holes in the ground. They flood that hole to get some kind of creature out of it to eat. And it's not a prairie dog. It's something else. Like It looks like a big giant grub. And they, they pull that out of there. Boy, they're like steak and potatoes tonight. But for us, amen, if you have steak and potatoes, you better be glorifying God. Amen. But if you got a good plate of beans, I'm praising God. They're not burnt, <laughs> and if they are, praise God anyway, but you know, we should be thankful that we have nourishment for our bodies, amen, and we should give thanks, because God is good, and don't just say, oh, thank you for the food, and, 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 and start eating it before we even take time to thank God. This is just an example, because this is one of the main things I see as, as a, a people, we tend to just skip right over it really quickly. We gotta get through it. My kids, one of my children, when they were when she was small, she thought that we said the blessing so that the food would have time to cool off because somehow she would always say, oh, "It's too hot, it's too hot." It's well, just to stop a minute. You can't eat yet. We need to say the blessing. So she thought, and maybe she was praying that the food would cool off. But we, she thought that we said the blessing so that the food would cool off so that she could eat it. Maybe I was praying, huh? <laughs> That's what she, So we all think well, you must have prayed a ten-minute prayer. But, you know, that's not what it's about. It's about giving thanks to God. Amen? And if your food gets cold, I'm probably the one that really wants my food to be hot. But if my food gets cold because I'm giving thanks to God, so be it. Amen? So we need to really focus in on the Word of God and don't let somebody take it from you. Know what the Word says. God told us, I have given you a Sabbath. Ponder that. What does that mean? Lord, you have given us a Sabbath. This is a gift to us, to the church, the body. What are we going to do with it? He told us to have faith over fear. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to keep running back to the fear? Are we mongering and hoarding up the fear and trying to cover it, putting on a happy face? Oh, I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. What are you professing as you take those steps? What are you professing when you go in, When you do have to go into the grocery store to buy groceries? Are you just walking in there carefree and happy-go-lucky? Oh, nothing bothers me. I'm a Christian. I'm good to go. There's probably a bunch of other Christians that thought the same thing. What are you professing? What do you know that you know that you know? What are, what are you walking in? Are you walking in the light of the Lord? Are you walking in your own empty profession? There's a lot in this message today. You can can throw words around all day long, but if you don't know it, that you know it, that you know it, and it's deep down inside of you, it's actually part of you, then it's no good. It's just empty words. If If we go around professing that the blood of Jesus flows through my veins and you don't believe it, then the proof is in the pudding, as they say. It will come. It will. It will surface. It will, you will find out. Amen. Amen. Therefore, he says. Now, this is the second part of it. That where, um, remember, I told you, verse seven was the key verse because that's what I heard two seven, and that is that. The first part of it, he's talking to, and he's he's reminding us this morning for us that we need to be focused on God, that we need to to realize that there is an end, but for the Christian and for the the believer, it's a good thing. We should be looking forward to it, not fearing it. Amen? We should be looking forward to the things that God is doing. The scripture says, look what God has wrought. We should be looking forward to what he is, is working out in front of us. As it unfolds in front of us, a great adventure that we're on, a great time of, we live in the greatest time ever in history, and we're over here shaking in our boots. No, we should not be. We should be excited about what God has, and we should be prepping for it. Yeah, you know, I think about. I think about like. God, um, okay, I can't think of a profession. Like you know, some you, you just go ahead and think of a profession. What you think would be the most exciting and thrilling profession in the world? What could you do? Maybe you already know what your calling is. Think about that calling. What are you doing to prepare yourself, right? And so, as you prepare for it, maybe maybe somebody goes off to college. Maybe somebody goes to some sort of training. They go to some camps and seminars or whatever. And they're they're learning and they're being taught. They they seek out uh, mentors and leaders that are that have the same uh, calling and anointing. And they they put themselves like like the whole school of the prophets. They put themselves under. Elijah so that they could learn of God and they could learn how Elijah heard from God and they could learn from that and grow in that in their own relationship with God amen and so we we, that's exciting do you think that those those prophets were like oh man i gotta go to school again today i don't know why i even get up i don't know why i'm even here no they knew they had a purpose they knew they had a plan and they got up and they went and they showed up and they showed out and they were looking to see find out what's going to happen today what has god got in store for us today Will the eastern skies split open and he take us home? Will the angel put his foot on this part of the land, on that part of the land, and sound that trumpet? Will it happen today? Will we be like John the Revelator and have a vision and see Jerusalem coming down? Will we? Will God take us into a, a to, into a place and show us dreams and visions today? What kind of dreams is He going to give me tonight when I fall asleep? What kind of vision is He going to get? Will I be walking down the street and have an open vision? Who knows? But it's exciting to live a life for God. What are you doing to get ready for it? What are you doing to prepare your spirit, your soul for that? Well, we're under quarantine. All I can do is eat potato chips and dip them in chocolate. Mm, sounds pretty good. Distraction. <laughs> Just distracted you, didn't I? We should be in the word of God. Amen? We should be in the word. Oh, but I want to find out what the next hottest comment is about the the COVID-19. I want to find out whether or not somebody else took some of that fish medicine. I want to find out what's going on over here. I want to see what's going on. What good is it doing you? Are you growing in the Lord from this? Is it helping you? Are you getting more and more stressed out? The stress should be falling away. We see people saying they're stressed out and they don't know what they're going to do. They're under quarantine. Walk outside. This is not airborne in the fact that it just flows on the wind. Amen. I have some thoughts but I'll keep them to myself this morning. But we, you know, you can you can go outside in the sunshine. You can go sit under the tree and praise God. You can be in a place in a presence of God anywhere. You can go get in your closet. Amen. I'll have a closet so I can go lock myself in the bathroom, right? You can go lock yourself in the you know, sit in the corner of the kitchen, put a blanket over your head. You can go get in your uh, sit on your bed and pray. Whatever you need to do, you can get in the presence of God. Amen? Amen. Amen? And he can take you places. I remember when the kids were little, they used to have that reading rainbow came on TV and they said, Hey, open up a book and take a look, and it can take you anywhere or something like that. I can't be anything. Y'all remember that? And guess what? Get in the word of God. Because he already knows what you can be. He has a plan for who you are. Amen? You don't have to come up with some fantasy. Let God show you the plan. Let God introduce you to his will and his ways for things. So that's what the first part of this chapter is telling us this morning. That's what God is telling us this morning. Spend that time in him. Walk in him. But verse 6, he gives us a warning. Don't be like this. Don't get caught up in this. Amen? So what I see is that across the land, across the nation, this happens almost every time there's a a crisis, that we all want to come together. We got to come together. And everybody wants to come together. Everybody wants to pray. And it doesn't matter who it is. When you're desperate, there's something about somebody telling you they're praying for you that gives you comfort. And when you hear somebody say, you know what, I'm praying, you feel comfort. But we need to know who they're praying to. Amen? We need to know whether or not they're truly praying in the presence of the Holy Ghost. Are they interceding? Don't ask everybody to pray. Don't don't ask the, 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 the soothsayers to pray. Don't ask the idol worshipers to pray. They can't pray for you. You're asking them to commit an abomination. According to the scripture, you're asking them to literally commit abomination in your name before the Lord. Mm. We should not do that. Amen. Amen. Because then you become a partaker. You ask them to pray to their false God and they're going to go and they think they're doing some great noble thing. And they're thinking, oh, that Christian, they just gave power to us. Look, I knew they didn't know their, their God couldn't do it. So they're asking us to pray. You belittle God. You belittled You belittled him. You made him small in the eyes of someone else. And you showed God that he was small in your eyes. Our God is mightier than any. He is the mighty one. He is the almighty one. He, he can do anything. There is nothing that he cannot do. Our God is able. Our God is capable. Our God created the heavens and the earth. And everything that's in it. He created each and every one of us. You look at begin to look at each other and our eyes, are how intricate our eyes are, and how the little pieces of hair, the strands of hair shine different colors, and all the intricate details. God instituted and created you specifically and individually like that. Every single one of us has different fingerprints. That's our God, not some piece of wood. Amen. Right now, people are coming together in prayer groups, and they're, they're saying, you know what? We've got to put our differences aside. Let us all pray, and you pray to your God, and I'll pray to mine, and, and somehow, somewhere, we'll get some answers. That is not of God. Amen? Elijah never said, okay, you pray to your God, I'll pray to mine, and somehow we're going to get um, some rain. That's not what he did, is it? No. He said, you pray to your God, see if he does it, because he ain't going to do it. Go ahead, get your bullocks, lay them up there, make the altar, go ahead. And they cried out to their God, and he sat back and he watched them, cried out to their God. They cut themselves, they cried out to their God. They committed all sorts of uh, forms of abominations before the Lord for their God, calling upon their God, and it did not work. And finally they got worn out and they got tired and they looked at Elijah and he said, okay, your time's up. It looks like your God must be sleeping. Maybe he's taking a break. It's my turn. He said, now go get me, get, go get me some more oxen. They went and got the oxen, their bullets, or whatever, and they killed them, and they put them on the altar. He said, that's not good enough. Go get me some wood. Put it, put it back in here. Now, okay, great. Now go get me all a bunch of water. Tons and tons of water. They dumped all this water on there. I'm not speaking literally, okay? And they got all this water. They poured that water on there and they saturated the bull. They saturated it. Soaking wet. They saturated all the wood. Soaking wet. So much water that it saturated the ground. And then he called upon his God. Why would he do all that? Because he knew God. Amen? Do we know God like that? Are we willing to make that kind of spectacle of ourselves that we would say, "Oh, we'll go ahead and we're just going to make this altar. and we're going to soak everything down because I know God's going to show up." I think we're scared. I think we're afraid of what we made a fool of. I think that's where the church is today. I'm not sure. I think maybe God will. I think that's what people say. Maybe he will. If it's God's will, Elijah didn't say, "Lord, here I am." You saw what they did, and I've got my altar of sacrifice here, and it's soaking wet. I sure hope I haven't made a fool of myself, Lord. If it's okay, would you do you mind? You know, maybe, maybe God. And he, did he stand up before all those worshippers of Baal and say? Okay, maybe God's going to do it. He said, God's going to do it. Watch and see. Behold. Watch what my God is going to do. And God consumed the entire thing, all the way down into the ground even. The rocks were burned up. The entire altar was burned up. All the wood was burned up. The oxen was burned up. There was nothing left. God consumed it all because he is God Almighty. Amen? Amen? There's nothing that he can't consume. Oh, it's rocks. He couldn't burn the rocks. Yes, he could. He's God. He created them. Amen? He can do anything. So we can't, we should not put our trust in the soothsayers, not even an ounce, not even a drop, not even a little many of the people that have gone before us and the things that have been brought into the church world just like we were saying on one of the earlier recordings this morning we're changing the course of our our worship services the way that we're going to come in on sunday morning is going to be changed and and those because those things are 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 from the world so many things that have crept into the church over the over the decades over the hundreds of maybe thousands of years have come from the way the world does things and the church thinks we need to, to fit and conform into the way the world does things. Not so. Jesus did not come fit and conform into the way the world was doing things. Jesus only com- com- submitted to the will of the Father. Amen? Only to the will of the Father. And the will of the Father does not look like the will of the world. Amen. Amen. So we should not be doing these things. We should not say, oh, well, you know what? To keep the peace, we're going to let those soothsayers say a prayer. No. Nope. Sorry. Jesus said, I came to bring a what? Sword. To set, what was it you were reading to me the other day, Stone? Mother against daughter. Yes, amen, to set you against one another. If that's what, what happens when you make a stand for Christ, then so be it. We have to stop patting people on the back and, and bowing ourselves down like these men did. We bow ourselves down to, to tradition. We bow ourselves down in the name of family. We bow ourselves down in the name of trying to keep the peace. You were not called to keep the peace. You were called to make peace. Amen. We were not called to submit to the world and to the world's ways and to their, their agenda. We are called to submit to God's agenda. Amen. If anything, we should come out of this stronger and less movable, less, less willing to submit to the ways of the world. We should come out stronger and more built up in our faith than ever before. There is something the enemy is up to, and I'm going to let you know it, in on it. Because the Bible says that we should know the, 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 the enemy's plans. And God knows what the enemy's plans are. He thinks he has them hidden. He thinks he's trying to trick you, but he can't. If, you, if you're led by the Spirit, you won't be deceived. Amen? Amen. And part of the deception is that we, the, the, this thing is coming, and we're all coming together as a nation. We're all coming together as a world. We're all going to work together and to, to have a, a cure. But God is the cure. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is always the answer. He always has been the answer. He always will be the answer. And there is no answer outside of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And if we continue to bow to the way that the world says to do things, then we're going to continue to get weaker and weaker. Amen. I don't know how long people are going to listen to this tape, but this recording... (laughs) But I believe that when you begin to look at things, and you begin to see how things are working, that you begin to see that there are things that man imposes on humanity makes humanity weaker. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. The, male, the more imposition that humanity, that the, the, the world has the more you let that world impose their ways on you, the weaker you become, the weaker your family becomes. Look at where we are today. Divorce is over 50%. Perverse lifestyles, I don't know what the percentage is. It's insane. The number is truly ungodly of how much perverseness there is in the world today. It's even right there in verse 6. That's what God is telling us. Don't get caught up in this. Don't let yourself run to the soothsayers. Don't let yourself think that people who please themselves and the children of strangers can possibly give you the right answer. Amen? Amen. What is wrong with America? What is wrong with the Church of America? Is that she has submitted herself to the word of the, of the world, not to the word of God. She has submitted herself to agendas and propaganda and ways that we can grow in numbers and exponentially in dollars. And, and how, can we, how can we do this? And how, where is the relationship with God? Where is the relationship with Jesus Christ? Now we have all this hyper-spirituality that has come in. That This is going back to what I was saying before. That they went outside of the Bible, outside of the word of God. And they had to go find some soothsayers and some dark What? witchcraft is, there's no other word for it witchcraft and stuff like that and they bring it into the church and they add it to the word of God they take scripture and they apply it to their witchcraft and so that the, the Christian is deceived you're, you call yourself a Christian and yet yeah, you're deceived the Bible says what that the very elect would be deceived if he doesn't if he doesn't come Right? He's going to have to shorten the days so that the very elect would not be deceived. Amen? If it, were possible. if it were possible. We will not be deceived if we are born again. What does that mean? Oh, well, I'm a Christian sister, so I know I'm not deceived. No. You have to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to know his voice. And another you will not follow. If, if you know his voice, you won't be running off the, over here. And check it out, what's going on over there. If you know his voice, you won't be wondering, is this God? Did, did, oh, was that God speaking? I'm not sure if that was the Lord or not. He gives you ways to know his voice. Amen? He gives you checks and balances. He gives you the Holy Ghost. He gave you, he gives us ministering angels. He gives us the word of God to bear witness. He gives us the Holy Spirit to bear witness. Why don't we know the voice of God? Why are we running to and fro trying to figure it out, trying to put together some formula? We have not got time for this. We're wasting God's time. We need to know God's voice. We need to know what he's saying about us. We need to know him. We can't be seeking after idols. We can't be seeking after things that seem good. We can't, you can't just turn on the radio and say, you know what, it's the Christian channel. I know I've said this so many times, but you've got to get it. You get. You haven't got it if you're still doing it. You haven't perceived it, received what I'm saying, what's being said. You are still doing it. Then you you haven't gotten it. There are so-called Christian labels and Christian artists out there that are not Christian. They are no more Christian than this lamp that is on my. This lamp is more Christian. (laughs) Amen. My boots are more Christian. Why? Because. These people are just—they just buy into Christian labels. This is how they get popular. This is their—they're high on faith, fame, and fortune. They're high on recognition. They get high off of people saying, "Oh, so and so sings this this song so good." Have you heard so and so from such and such a place sing that song about faith? Have you heard her tell it's testimony? Have you heard? There you go. Have you heard her testimony? Maybe you should check out their testimonies. In the Holy Ghost. If you just go read it trying to soothe yourself, you'll be deceived. Let the Holy Ghost show you things. And you will be surprised. He will open your eyes if you'll allow him to. He will open the eyes of your heart. Verse 7. Here we go. Finally to the key verse. Verse 7. Their land is all so full of silver and gold that there is no end of their treasures. Their land is so full of horses that there's no end of their chariots. Have you ever seen how people have basements or entire garages packed full of classic cars here in America? You you drive past people's houses, their yards are so full of vehicles. You wonder how they can pay the insurance on, on them all? You drive by and they have two and three satellite dishes. If you were to go in and look in their closets, they might have 15 pocketbooks and 75 pairs of shoes. I'm, I'm sure that people have more than that, but that. We live in the land of plenty is what they call America. And their land is also so full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that, they, that which their own fingers have made. For some people during this time, that very thing that they have worshipped is going to drive them up a wall. The very thing that they've spent the past 20, 30, 15, 20 years working for day and night, night and day is going to be the very thing that they begin to loathe. Remember when the children of Israel were in the desert wandering and they began to talk against the man of God, talk against God? He said, you want food? You want that steak, so to speak? You're going to eat it till it comes out of your nose. And they did. Did they want it anymore? No, they began to hate it. We need to want so much of God that we don't care if we get the meal. We need to want so much of God that it doesn't matter if we live in the, in the, the nicest house or we carry the, the fancy handbags. I'm talking to the ladies. The men better not be carrying fancy handbags. That's not a handbag. <laughs> Maybe maybe this generation, we should say, we're carrying the, the fancy backpack, right? What do the backpacks cost? Like $200 now for a backpack. They got to have the label and the designer. Who cares? As long as you're warm, you're sheltered, you're covered, and, you're, and God is the one that's caring for you. That's what matters. Amen? Amen. So the first point. Put your focus on God. Keep your focus on the Lord. Keep your focus on the words that He has spoken to you. Don't let anybody sway you. Don't back down. Get into your prayer closet. Take full advantage of the Sabbath that He has given you. Don't look for the end of it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy his presence. Don't look for how long do I have to be on my knees. Don't ask, well, I heard somebody say, well, Grandma said that if you want revival, it's going to cost you you your knees. I don't see that in the Bible. I don't see it in the Bible. Moses' shoes did not wear out 40 years in the desert. His eyes were not waxed old, 40 years in the desert. Amen? Why are our knees going to wear out when we're praying and praising the Lord and interceding for the body of Christ? Amen. Just say. So we need to understand what God's plan is for our lives. We need to seek God. Remember last week, get that vision for your family. I've been seeking God for vision for the church because I, those words came back and hit me hard. What is your vision for the church, Devana? Remember, remember you had a vision, but where are you going with it? What's the vision now? And now the Lord has said, change the course of the service. I said, yes, Lord. Amen? Amen. That's just the beginning. Who knows what God's got in store? Only the Lord. He will reveal it in his due season, in his time. Amen? Verses 6 and on down through there, he begins to tell us what will happen if we backslide, if we go over, over there into another camp, if we go looking and, and, and coincide with other, other denominations, not denominations, other religions. It is not God's will that we go up onto mountains and that we seek the Holy Father God Almighty alongside of some little imp from hell. Amen. Yep. It is not God's will that we go into some great cathedral in the name of unity and say let us all come together and pray to God the Father. We all serve the same God. That is a lie. Amen. Let God be God. The Amen. Bible says let God be the truth. Let every man be a liar but God be the truth. What does that mean? Does that mean that every single man is a liar? It means every single one of you is capable of it but God is not. Amen? Amen. I heard God is able. I'm, I, I don't want to apologize for this being long. I didn't get preached last week. I haven't really preached in a little while. And we need to hear what God is saying to us this morning. Please incline your ear to what God is saying. Don't, don't get hung up on something I said that might have offended you. Seek God about it. Amen. If you're offended this morning, seek God about it. Lord, what are you saying? If I'm wrong, Lord, rebuke me. Amen. But we are seeking God together as a body, as a church, as a family. And we want to forge forward. I don't want to see anybody go backwards. We've got to get over this hump and through the the door that God has set before us. And he has a plan. And it's good. And he's telling us, don't align yourself with these people. They are strangers to me. Do not align yourself with these people. They are strangers to me. Do not go back. One of my friends, yes, she's a friend. She says... I found out the other day, she's always talking about Jesus, and but uh, the Holy Ghost knew, I knew. But she's always talking about the Lord, about good things of God, and prayer, and prayer, and prayer, and just this is just coming to my memory right now. And the other day I saw um, where she was talking to someone else about uh, burning sage in the house because of what's going on. And I said, yeah, oh, there it is, because you always know when, when God shows you something, it will reveal itself. Eventually, it will reveal itself. And so I knew it was there, just wait, waiting for it to reveal. We can't be doing those things. Amen? Amen? You can't be doing those things. Yeah, it smells good. Recent studies that show it doesn't actually purify the air. It might run away the bugs or something like that. You might have a, you have a better chance of cutting an onion and letting it absorb germs. Oh, <laughs> uh, but no, we can't. We can't do these things expecting other things to ward off evil spirits. Amen. Amen. Nothing wards off evil spirits but the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And none of you have the blood tangibly. It has to be done in the spirit realm. Amen? Amen. Amen. You must be born again. Someone that's not born again cannot apply the blood of Jesus. You know the fruit you know the fruit by the tree is born on (laughs) you know the tree by the fruit it bears amen you will know you will know but you must be led by the spirit so those were the two main points Focus on God, focus what he's told us, focus on what he's showing us, and do not be led astray. Don't, don't let yourself sway from one side to the other. Be steadfast, be unmovable. Make sure your feet are on that solid rock. Make sure you're shoring up your family, encouraging your family, encouraging your kids to look forward to what God is doing. Don't let your house be inundated and their little minds be inundated. That means like constantly before them what's going on in the world. They need, what constantly needs to be before us is what's going on in the, what, God's world, in God's plan, in the Scripture. Amen? Read the Bible. Listen to Scripture. Listen to Christian music. Sing holy songs in your home. Let encourage one another. If the Holy Ghost doesn't bear witness, turn it off. Amen. 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 Okay. I read in the um, homiletics book the other, the last I think it was the last part of a homiletics uh, teaching for our students. It says um, the writer says it's a good place to close out a service, a sermon. Just say amen, and when you're done, be done. So that's it. We're done. Amen. 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 If the Holy Ghost doesn't bear witness, don't do it. Amen. amen.